Hi, my name is Chloe Roberts, and I wanted to welcome you to the Huddle Up podcast, hosted by my parents, Chris and Sarah Roberts. Huddle up as we hear from our sports families about their story and God's. We are so excited to have Dal and Beth Loggins on a Huddle Up today. Sarah and I had the privilege of meeting the Loggins a couple years ago at FCA Coaches Camp in Black Mountain, North Carolina. And it was the first year that we had gone to this camp. We heard so much about it. We were excited to go, and, and, and we go to the camp. And Coach Loggins was actually the first coach that I met. And we really hit it off and, and just really had some great conversations. And at the time, he was the office coordinator for the Miami Dolphins. And so uh, we fast forward now, and he's actually the office coordinator quarterbacks coach for the New York Jets. But the crazy NFL coaching world has moved the Loggins and their four young children all over the country. What we're excited to share is no matter how much they've moved, their faith in Christ and bond as a family has continued to grow. But before we get into their story, as always, let's get into God's. So I had the opportunity a few years ago to speak at an FCA event in Toledo, Ohio. And as I was talking to the awesome young woman who was putting on the event, we were talking about the audience, about who was coming, and she shared that most of the people that were coming had never heard of FCA, and some were not even believers. As my excitement grew, because at the heart of me is an evangelist, this is my favorite audience, an audience that that maybe, just maybe, this could be the night that they could hear, see, and feel, and experience Jesus for the first time. As I was on that verge of of that giddy feeling, our conversation continued. And and here's actually what Mary said. She said, I went to some church women Bible studies uh, groups to promote the event. They asked, who is Sarah Roberts? And I told them all about you, but they responded with, if it was Beth Moore, we would be in, but we have never heard of Sarah Roberts, so we'll pass. Ouch. I mean, that that one kind of hurt the little pride a little bit, but I can't blame them. After all, if it would have been Beth Moore, I would have been there too. Here is the thing. In all honesty, we can all find ourselves battered, bruised, and discouraged by what the world throws in our direction, including newspaper articles, parents' message boards, or our own family members, all telling us of who or what we should be or who we're not be. But the truth of the matter is, is there's only one that gets to define who we are, and that's the one who created us. Your, your win-loss win record doesn't get to define you. Your children don't get to define you. Your job doesn't get to define you. Your family doesn't get to define you. Nobody gets to define you except for the one who created you. I was studying Romans, and when I got to Romans chapter 1, verse 25, the Lord got my attention. It says this, They traded the truth of God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself. Man, that will get you right in the heart if you let that sink in. My word for this year in 2020 is growth. And we always choose a word at the beginning of the year that we focus on. And I felt like God was really working on me that this is going to be a year of growth, not even knowing that we were going to be in the middle of a pandemic. And I've always known that if I'm not changing, I'm not growing. So I ask myself this question, what truths of God do I trade for lies? And here are some of the lies that I believe, and maybe you do too. I can believe that the lie that what people think about me is way more important than what God knows about me. A lie that I can believe is that my worth is in what I do, not in who created me. 
I can believe the lie that the more I do for God will satisfy me more than being with God. I can believe the lie that I'm the only one that doesn't have my crap together. I can believe the lie that there is something besides Jesus that will ever that will fulfill me or give me peace. We can all exchange truths for the lies that the enemy places on us. When we trade the truths of God for a lie, it leaves us discouraged, overwhelmed, and dissatisfied with where God has us and who God made us. And because of the platform of athletics, as coaches, as athletes, as fans, as parents, this can all lead us to rising with people's praises or crumbling with people's criticisms. You not, you may not be Coach Tony Dungy and I may not be Beth Moore. And you know what? That is awesome because God will use us exactly where we are and exactly how he made us to be. Welcome everyone to Huddle Up. We're excited to introduce you to an awesome couple that's been an encouragement to us and we know is going to be an encouragement to you. So without further ado, uh, welcome Coach Dal and Beth Loggins to Huddle Up. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having us. I'm excited to be on. So let's just get to this right now. Um, so you guys, I know you live in New Jersey, um, but you work uh, for the Jets. So you're kind of right in the middle of like the pandemic. So how are you doing with that and how is that going there? That's who we're, we're doing all right. I mean, we're, <laughs> I, I think Josh should take this one because in the middle of school at home and distance learning, some days can be a challenge, but we're actually enjoying the time together. It's nice to um, be together and to be able to not have to be or have to go anywhere and kind of act, the activities get canceled. So, um, as frustrating as it might seem, it's actually been kind of a blessing for our family. Yeah, I would, that's. A, I would. I would just echo what Beth said. There is, it's such. There's such a crazy hard time, you know, in the world right now. But it's been a, a blessing for us just to getting quarantined, and I'm not at work, and you're around the kids all day, and and Beth, and that part's really. It has been a blessing. Now let's be honest, though. We need some social distancing from each other sometimes as well, right? <laughs> right? That's just the truth. What do you mean? <laughs> we can't be the only ones thinking the same thing. Um, okay, we like to start out with, on the podcast, it's kind of, kind of our icebreaker to get our audience to get to know you all a little bit. And we start out with th three same questions um, for Huddle Up. And it is, how did you meet? How long have you been married? And tell us a little bit about your family. So let's start with how did you meet? We were both, uh, I was a redshirt freshman at Arkansas. She was a freshman. Mm -hmm. And we were playing um, in Las Vegas at a bowl game. And we happened to meet outside the Golden Nugget, the team, uh, at, outside the team hotel. And um, Totally met in Vegas. Met in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad what, what happened there didn't stay there. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah. I was a I was a redshirt football player, and she was a cheerleader, and we really became best friends for two or two uh, two years, ten months, ten months, and uh, really uh, connected <laughs> that way. It felt like two years, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's, two, two years of the chase, right? Yeah, two years of the chase. So very persistent. 
That's awesome. That is awesome. That's so, impressive. You started in the friend zone and then, you know, moved on to a relationship. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> yeah, I was a little intimidated. That's why it took me uh, took me 10 months to, you know, finally close the deal. <laughs> <laughs> so then how long have you all been married now? Uh, it'll be 13 years okay. in June. We dated for we, yeah, yeah, we dated. seven years first. Yeah. So we've actually been together. It'll be, um, gosh, almost 19 years. Okay. And tell us, the end of, but, yeah. tell us about your family now. So we have a 10-year-old Reese, our daughter. Um, we have another daughter who's eight named Avon. Um, our son, Ryan, is three. He'll be four in May. And then we just had baby Connor, baby girl Connor, um, and she is almost nine months old. So you so our family not at all? No, no. Just, <laughs> like, it's really relaxing around the house. There's really not, there's not much to do. So uh, Fun times. You guys are at a fun time right now. That's right. That's yeah, right. It's very it's quiet. Yeah, it's easy for us to think. We're, yeah, we're not in that baby that stage. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, no, so it's good. fun. That's good. So, Coach, you played University of Arkansas, like you said, and then uh, you kind of transitioned – pretty quickly into the NFL, into the coaching world, and now you're office coordinator for the New York Jets. Can you kind of tell us how, just kind of how you got your start in the NFL? It was, um, so I finished playing up in Ar- at Arkansas, and I uh, got my master's degree and was planning on, you know, trying to become a GA or looking down that path, and um, <clears throat> just, you know, it was totally a God thing because the, the people that I'd met at Arkansas, I'd had a team um, inquire about becoming a personnel assistant um, for the Baltimore Ravens. And I talked to a good friend of mine, um, Chris Mortensen, and uh, his son was one of my college teammates. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, if you're going to do this um, and go that way, a lot of guys are getting into quality control that way. I knew I wanted to coach. And between him making a call and – Arkansas people to the Cowboys. Um, I was just able to land that job, and I only stayed there one year. It was, a, it was an awesome opportunity, and it was my 17th year in coaching. And it feels like I've been on six teams, six, seven teams now. And uh, I stayed in uh, Dallas one year, went to Tennessee for eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and started as a quality control coach and worked my uh, way up, became the quarterback coach, eventually became the offensive coordinator. Um, worked for two great guys and Jeff Fisher and Mike Munchak that were – both believers and uh, treated us. I mean, it was it was awesome. It was a family, and we loved our time in Nashville because of the people. And spent one year in Cleveland, um, and it was the it was a it was a good experience for us because it was the first time in our life we'd really went to a staff where we didn't know anyone and wow. dealt with a lot of adversity there. And it was um, a lot of things happened that we weren't used to that from the the Tennessee family and then spent one year there and then went to uh, Chicago with uh, John Fox and had started as a quarterback coach and uh, was a quarterback coach for a year, became the office coordinator for the last two years there and had just a, a great time. Love the city. We love the people. We loved our community. Um, and it was, it was a really, really wonderful three years. And from there I went to the dolphins, spent one year with the dolphins and came at the back end of uh, coach Gase's uh, tenure there and, He'd been the head coach there for two years before and finished 7-9, and, nine and um, they let us go there. And so now we're in 
New Jersey. It's a long way from Fayetteville, Arkansas. <laughs> and, uh, but we've, we've really enjoyed our, our time here, made, met some great friends and great people. And when you think about when you're from the South and you're thinking, oh, man, we're moving to New Jersey. It's, at first, everyone thinks you live in New York City. So then you're like, okay, how, where is New York City? And you're like, okay, we're like 25 miles, 30 miles from New York City. But we live in this little small community in New Jersey. And it's totally different than if you like watch The Sopranos and you think like, <laughs> oh, Jersey, like everyone's gonna have accents, like, like no one can drive, they'll be flipping you the bird all the time. But it's been, uh, it's a great, we're really fortunate to be here. I'm a little disappointed that that's not what it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. our head it's Sopranos. So. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you drive 25 minutes northeast, you'll find that. Okay. <laughs> It's not hard to find if, you, if you're looking for it. Well, that I just love that story about how you got your foot in the door and worked yourself up and and just just made a great career so far. And uh, it's been fun in the short time that we've known you. Just kind of follow uh, what you've done. Can you kind of kind of take us into what I guess one what a typical day look like looks like in season, and then maybe what a typical day out of season looks like. Yeah, the the in season is. It changes by the day, but you also you can get stuck in Groundhog Day. You just know whatever the whatever emphasis is, the insulation, whether it's third down base or red area, what day it is. Because most days I couldn't tell you if it's a Tuesday, and don't ask me like, hey, is it is it November twelfth or no or September thirteenth? Because I don't know. And uh, but you kind of base your schedule that way and. Normally it starts early. You know, I think my alarm set for like 5.15 most mornings. And on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, it may be midnight when I finally come home. And Thursday and Friday start to get more normal. Um, and you just know when you're, when you're going through the week, like, oh, all right, after the game on Sunday, you kind of relax, um, get your mind right going, starting the next week. And Monday's going to be the same Monday it always is. Tuesday's going to be the same. Wednesday's going to be the same. But – you do all your work, and about Thursday at 6, 7 o'clock, you're like, okay, I get to go home, relax a little, see the, the wife and the kids probably for the first time all week. Wow. And then, yeah, that's that's the part that's hard. Um, I try to Sometimes I'll try to sneak in a little bit later on Mondays so I can at least see the kids at breakfast because I won't see them again outside of a, a FaceTime or they'll last for three minutes because i got to go to a meeting or – They've got to get ready for bed because their mother's a sleep Nazi. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> once you get to Friday and you, we get out right a, a little after lunchtime, and that's when, you know, you actually feel like a normal person again. And then off season, off season is a normal off season day is, is normally be uh, a nine, eight to eight to five job. I mean, we're, we're actually normal citizens at that point where it's, um, we don't fit into the real world. And early on, as soon as the season's over, Beth's going to be griping at me about coming home at five and being there for dinner. And I'm messing up her schedule and the kids aren't getting to bed till nine o'clock. And, um, she's ready for the season to start again. <laughs> There's an adjustment period about, about seven to 10 days. Once then after that, she's kind of used to me being around the house again. It's that transition, you know, sure. yeah, the transition. It's like you transition to sure. him being away in season again. And then you have to transition to, you know, having him back at home and being part of the family, which is awesome, but it's hard at the beginning. Because you kind of, and you, you, that, that's every level. 
that that's every level I feel like as as a coach that you have to transition them being gone like that there's mm-hmm. an adjustment period when they leave because you you got mm-hmm. used to them being around right and then you got used to them not being around and it's I right. remember you know it I would hurt Chris's feelings sometimes um, after season because he you know that transition coming coming back and he'd be I we'd be like no we got it. And he's like, oh, I, I'm here now. <laughs> like, I'm so... My, feeling, right. my feelings are okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, but it was, it was, it was, it, you're right. It, it is hard to make that transition for them to leave and to come, to come back again. So, so Beth, as that NFL coach's spouse and, and mom of four, what does the typical day look like for you in and out of season? Um, well, let's see. <laughs> I mean, my days are pretty much the same too, especially with a toddler and an infant in that phase of life right now. So, um, it's, I mean, it probably looks like any mom of four is only, I just have one set of hands, um, that's trying to, to do it all. But once we get into the routine of it, so, mm-hmm. you know, the, I mean, the kids wake up, I have two in school, Ryan goes to preschool a few mornings a week. Um, but he still naps. So it's like the middle of the day they're napping, um, kind of juggling the baby's naps versus Ryan's naps. And the girls come home from school. They have activities. Um, and really, I feel like the days fly by because after they get home from school or from whatever activities they have, Avon does gymnastics three nights a week. So she's gone a lot. But um, I'm so thankful we found a, a group of moms that kind of carpool. So mm. I don't have to go and pick her up and bring her home every night. Um but we can kind of alternate that. So that that's helpful. Um, but then really, I mean, once the girls get home, they just have a couple hours to do homework and play, and then it's dinner, bath, and bed. Um, so really it's just trying to stay in that routine, which we kind of just talked about. Um, so once we get into the routine, it's, it's not um, terrible. You know, it's just staying in that routine and finding what works in the beginning is um, can be a challenge. Well, and – Dal, you alluded to this, and Beth, you kind of said the same thing with moms. Surrounding yourself with people, good people, with your job, right. with your community, is, I feel like, really key to any coaching family. Would you guys agree with that? Definitely. Couldn't agree more. And I think that's what, and it goes as far as the people you work with, the community of moms that can, the, and dads that help out, to babysitters. You can't if you don't find a good babysitter. Oh, they not like miserable. Yeah. It is, miserable. and it's like all of a sudden Friday's becoming like, hey, you can finally get mama away and go to a movie or go out to dinner. To no, like we gotta we gotta make a meal for four kids, and the best you can do is help her pick up the, uh, you know, clean up the table afterwards and help her do the dishes, which I'm you know fifty fifty on it, Mac at best. And <laughs> you have a, when you have a strong or even like is the their struggles for coaches and coaches wives as you guys know as well as anyone uh, you're just the the people that are around you that can help you spiritually mm. when you are struggling because mm. you need those people and you need the you can't do it on your own and you need believers to lean on and and get you through those tough times and so when you talk about like the, the places that in that's it's an awesome part about moving because you get to meet so many different people and spare and share special bonds with people but you need those people in your community absolutely well, and you guys have, you guys, you guys have, have talked that you, you know, you were in three different cities in three years and four and five. 
What is the hardest yeah. adjustment or hurdle that you guys have had to overcome with each change? I would the hardest adjustment to me selfishly is when you move to the city and your family stays behind. Mm. That's hard. Tough. Yeah. And especially because it's the off season, that's when you get to be normal and like you get to spend but time. Tell him with like family. why? Because when like, well, because when you interview, like when he goes for an interview, with he yeah. gets a job, he doesn't come home. So that like, I think that's what a, a lot of that doesn't happen at a lot of places. So it's like if you when he goes to interview for the jobs in between, what if he's he packs his bag for you know when perfectly like when I was leaving. Um, um, Cleveland, and I'm going to Chicago to interview for the quarterback job. Um, our head coach now in, uh, with the Jets is Adam Gates. He's the offense coordinator. I was like, hey, what do I need? He goes, hey, just pack for pack for three weeks to a month. Like, so then you get there, and they put you in a hotel, and you're, three, you're there. But you, can get to, you get to go home on the weekends, but you're working early mornings, late nights because you're behind. It's a new staff. Mm. And your family's behind. And now all of a sudden it almost feels like the season's gotten longer because you're working in-season hours, but your family is behind. Then all of a sudden Monday through Friday afternoon, you don't see them again. Wow. That to me is the hardest adjustment. And then all of a sudden it's now you have to make a decision. Because it always goes back to what are we going to do? What's best for our family at the time? What's best for our kids? And we're very conscious about that for us, that's always the most important thing of finding the right place to live because of the schools. And um, then it's Beth flying up to uh, go visit a school and go meet with the principal and and make sure you find a community that you feel good about with your kids because, you know, it's easy on us for the most part because our, our marriage is, is strong and, um, you know, we've been together for so long, we can communicate and work things out. But like, you're always stressed about making sure you, you put your kids in an environment community where they're comfortable because the change affects them at a young age. When I was young, I lived in the same, I, li- I moved to, I grew up in Dallas, Texas. I moved to Abilene, Texas, but from the third grade to high school, I was in Abilene, Texas my whole life. I never moved. And Beth was in the same community her whole life. And our kids definitely haven't uh, had that luxury, but they have the luxury of, they've got friends in Chicago, Miami, um, you know, Cleveland, New Jersey, Tennessee that, you know, so they're definitely more worldly than we were than being in Arkansas and West Texas, but it is a very stressful time, um, on the family. And it's a, I mean, very stressful on the wife, you know, because most of the time she's picking all the, she's picking the house, she's picking the community. Right. That's the transition for you guys. And I love what you guys said that a key for you two in your marriage is communication. Beth, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, how important is that as a couple? Um, oh, it's paramount. I mean, if, if when it, whenever he, I mean, whenever, especially whenever we're apart, like whenever he's in one place and we're trying to get there, um, I mean, you have to take every minute you can get to try. And sometimes it feels like it can start to feel like a business relationship, you know, because you only get five minutes at a time in between meetings or something like that. And then the whole time we're talking about, okay, well, we got to, which house do you like this house or this house? Okay. Well, where do you, what do you think? What kind of, what, who do you want to, for the TV provider? What should we do for the internet? You know, you start to like all the little things yeah. that you have to yeah. kind of decide on, which is, you know, you don't really think about it until you're in the moment, but just all the little things. And so then it's like our communication, you almost have to be very intentional about, um, 
you know, the bit like taking care of business and then also saying, okay, well, I know you're in a new place. Like, how are you feeling about that? Like, how are you doing? Who are you meeting? You know, because sometimes we, we can forget about that too. Good. Wow, that is that is so crazy. I had no idea you go for an interview and you don't come home. That's nuts. <laughs> what a crazy life. All right, so like kind of moving on into our, our devotion today. We talked about in order for God to grow us, he has to change us. How has each change, uh, like change in jobs, change in cities, how's that grown your relationship with the Lord? Well, for me, just the... My growth, in my opinion, Beth could probably speak on it better than I could, is um, your why changes as you mm. mature and you grow spiritually and you un- you start to understand this isn't about winning and losing. It's not climbing the ladder. It really becomes like, can you become a difference maker? And when I first started coaching the NFL, I was 23, 24, 25 years old, however old I was. I'm like, man, I'm not going to make a difference in some of these guys' lives. The first quarterback I ever coached was Kerry Collins, who was 37. I was 27. Now I had the opportunity <laughs> Matt Hasselbeck, and I'm 29, and he's 36. And I'm sitting there like, man, like I can't impact these people. Like this is hard. And Beth kept encouraging me, like, yes, you can. And I'm, I'm winning. Like we got to win. Like we got to win. We don't win. We're moving. And all of a sudden, like you start to realize that, well, <clears throat> with winning is going to, or with moving or different opportunities that come, like. It's just more people you can affect. Mm. And when I was first, mm. when I first got into coaching, I just wanted to win, and like wanted to like when I was a quality control guy, I wanted to become a quarterback coach, and it's all I really wanted to do. And now all of a sudden, it's you start to important, like you start to realize, hey, your family's growing, and you think you work this like hectic job in season, and all of a sudden you have a ten year old, an eight year old, a three year old, and a nine year, a nine month old. Well, you're supposed to be the spiritual leader. Are you impacting them? Are you leading them to, um, you know, to help them impact others? And so you're, to me, my growth has come in my why and like kind of, and it was, it took a long time for me to mature that way and understand that this thing is so much bigger than wins and losses and football and trying to learn and, you know, grow as a coach and become more of a, you know, trying to become a difference maker and a leader and, lead my own family. Well, and, and I want to ask you guys, if, knowing that that's, that your, your why is changing and your faith is so important to you all and we've gotten to know that, um, getting to know you guys, is there somebody or group of people that have really poured into you all spiritually and into your marriage along, along this way and along this path? You know, we, we've had so many, like, great people from, you know, Mike Munchak in Tennessee that was just a great mentor for us and his family. And um, But if I had to say one person, it's definitely Clyde Christensen. Mm-hmm. Like, Coach Clyde, he, you know, from a distance, uh, being in the NFL Combine and coaching the NFL, um, always knew Coach Clyde and always considered him a friend. But getting to spend one year in Miami, I told Beth the other day, my – the – the reason I think we're Miami is because finally got to work with Coach Clyde, and, and he impacts our life, and his family and Miss Deb like impact our lives. You know, they've made us better people, and being around those type people and those type believers that have an unbelievable passion for the Lord just ins- it inspires and motivates you. That's so awesome. And I think Beth, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I think for me, like too, there's been a lot of people 
um, everywhere we've been. And I think that's, that's one of my prayers before we ever move is Lord prepare me for whoever needs me and prepare whoever needs me for us to get there. And that's what I tell my children and my kids too, is, you know, every time we move, it's, it's, it's a good thing because there's people that are going to need us and there's, you know, we're going to need the people that we're about to meet. So, um, I think to like having moms too, that, that know Jesus and that can really lead me back to the truth, especially when I'm struggling, um, is, has been, you know, really clutch for me. That's awesome to hear because that, no matter, you know, what level you're coaching at, everybody needs those people pouring into us and surrounding um, ourselves with people who are willing to pour into us and we can pour into others. That is awesome. And so obviously the NFL plays on Sundays, right? So how do you all keep Christ in the center of your family during season? That's, that's definitely my biggest challenge, my biggest struggle is because, you know, um, and Beth and I joke about it and we exchange text messages about it. Um, we, we try to do as much as we can that way. And I always like, I have this app, I was like, Jesus Calling, and I love it. Every time I open it, I feel like it's talking to me. Mm. And especially on days when you haven't opened it for three days and you open it, all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is talking to me now. I mean, it's hitting you right in the face. And, um, you know, and our chapel is on Saturday night before, you know, we're staying in a hotel and it's Saturday night and Beth and the kids most of the time aren't there except maybe once once or twice a year they'll come to uh, stay in the hotel, they'll go to chapel with us, but it really is like being able to just the simple things of talking about the struggles you're going, uh, going through, which all coaches and all coaches' wives, regardless of the level from Pop Warner to the NFL to the CFL, like go through these struggles and um, just be able to communicate with, hey, this is what's going on or, hey, this I feel this way or, you know, and that's why it's – for me it's such a, a blessing, an unbelievable blessing to have a – a strong um, woman that loves Jesus as my wife is because she like it may be an hour later and I may call her and be complaining or whining about something or caught up in my own feelings and all of a sudden I'm gonna get like a Bible verse and I'm, or you know some scripture I'm just like mm, like I don't want to hear this right now I want to be in my own feelings and <laughs> um, and and I'm fortunate here because we have a, a really good staff of good people but I may. Uh, one of my best friends on the staff, I may like call him in, but hey, and I'm whining to him before I text Beth, and I'm like, look what she sent me. And he's like, well, or whatever. And it's like, it, I don't know how as hard as coaching is at every level. Like, I don't know how people get through it without that kind of encouragement. Because you can go to, it's hard. You can go to the dark places. Oh, without a doubt. And I love hearing that that you get that encouragement from Beth, your wife, because. Unfortunately, this coaching has a high divorce rate because it is so demanding. But when you have, and I know Beth, and I love Beth, and I have no doubt the things that she is sending you, um, that it's full of God's word and truth, that is so encouraging to me. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Can I be Beth when I would grow up? That's what I want. That's how I want to be Beth when I grow up. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm trying, I'm trying to be you. <laughs> Well, if it makes you feel better, um, Sarah is really good at sending me truth as well whenever I need it and when I don't want to hear it. So, <laughs> so hey, uh, we, we, go ahead. We had Sarah 
right, Connor's about to be born. Beth's sitting in the hospital, and she's listening <gasps> to Sarah preach. Yes. All right, so, yeah. You never know who you're impacting at what time. Yes. But baby Connor. You got Connor, me through labor yeah. and delivery. <laughs> the, the first... <laughs> The last, uh, the last uh, voice that uh, baby Connor heard before she was born was Sarah's. Oh, so now we have a reason to come to New York now. So that you just gave yeah. us a reason to come see you. Because we're gonna need to have a conversation with baby Connor, and we're gonna that we're coming. That sounds that sounds yeah, awesome. She's gonna know you. <laughs> She'll awesome. know you. Thanks for sharing that. That made my whole day. <laughs> so, other than getting uh, truth. From your wife, um, does the Loggins household have any other like family traditions? This is a, it's funny you guys bring this up because like two or three days ago, Beth asked me, she's like, "What's our tradition? Like, what do we do?" Like, I'm like, we have movie nights. We do. Like, we're movie night people. Family, family movie, movie nights, night. and like we do it big too. Like popcorn. You got a you got a microwavable popcorn. Like we go to Walgreens. Everybody gets to pick their own drink. It doesn't have to be water. It can be Sprite if you want a Sprite, and it's it's a big deal. You get to pick your favorite candy, and then we have to get into the living room and start it up. So I'm, it's, I'm actually trying to work her right now. I started this morning trying to say, hey, the, the new Sonic movie's out, and you know, the kids and I are trying to work her, but we got to stay up a little bit later for a movie night. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Love it. So Logan's good. family movie night tradition. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, we're kind of uh, wrapping it wrapping it up here and, and winding down. And, and so the last thing we always do is we end with the two-minute drill. And our two-minute drill uh, is sponsored by the NFL Alumni Association of Georgia and Eagle Universal Services. Ready to serve, Eagle Universal Services is a construction contract service provider Priding itself as a for-profit business doing nonprofit work. Thank you, NFL Alumni Association of Georgia and Eagle Universal Services. Okay, so how the two-minute drill works is Chris has the timer and the buzzer, and I will start asking you all questions, quick questions, and you guys answer them separately and give me your own answers, and we'll see how many we can get through before this two minutes is up. You guys ready to play? Let's go. Ready. Okay, here we go. Ready and go. Um, favorite home cooked meal? Yeah. Stuffed zucchini. Beth, you got one? Oh, we did both guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, let's see. I would say, um, oh, geez. Um, They're going to blow the horn on you. I know, chili. Okay, okay. Favorite date night restaurant? What city are we in? That's true. Oh, That's yeah. a good question. Where do you live? Uh, New, New Jersey. New Jersey. Uh, Ruth Steakhouse. Yes, yeah, same. Mm. Favorite movie? Princess Bride. Oh, I love the game. Oh, so yes, good. Uh, Dal, what is your favorite quality about Beth? Um, her, there's so many. Favorite one, takeaway physical, obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, um... Yeah, her heart. Oh, that's my the, favorite answer. Yeah. Uh, Beth, your favorite quality about Dow? Um, great calf muscles. Um, <laughs> also, his generosity. Oh, that's awesome. Um, your biggest food weakness? Ice cream. Pizza. 
If you could meet anywhere, anyone in the world, who would it be? Tom Landry. Uh, Amy Poehler or Beyonce. Okay. Besides Jesus, who is one person in the Bible you would want to meet? David. Um, Mary, but if she's busy, then Hannah, Daniel's okay. mom. <laughs> um, your favorite thing about New York? Skyline. Mm. Uh, just the, yeah, that was a good one. I'm going to get the horn. The city. Just the city, the hustle and bustle about it. Okay, does Team Loggins have its favorite a favorite Bible verse? Jeremiah 29, 11 for me. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That is awesome. That is our time. Thank you guys yes. so much. That was awesome. You guys nailed it. Um, we can't thank you guys enough for joining us on Huddle Up. I know right. I took notes about surrounding myself with people, getting a routine, communication in the marriage, uh, your why changing. I know. And, and to I, coach at that level and to say it's more than about winning mm -hmm. when it's so easy at every level to be caught up in the scoreboard. But to hear you say it's more than about winning, it's about influence and lives, um, that, that was well said and very encouraging for me to hear. So thank you all, Team Loggins, for joining us on Huddle Up. And I know you encouraged us, and you're going to encourage everybody who listens. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for thank having you us. Guys. Hey, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. If you guys could, just please do us a couple favors. One, please subscribe to our channel, Huddle Up with Chris and Sarah Roberts. That way you won't miss any of our podcasts. Secondly, if you liked it, you didn't like it, you're indifferent to it, please review it. Uh, that helps us a lot in, in just creating uh, a better podcast. And then thirdly, please share it. Please, uh, you know, if it ministered to you and you feel like it might minister to uh, some friends, please share it. Get it out there. And we look forward to seeing you next month on Huddle Up.